good day and welcome back to Total Wellness Radio. Thank you again for adding us to your day. We super appreciate your attention. It means the world to us. In this episode, episode 120, we catch up with Kelly Barron. Her quote, I'm an evolutionary activist, modern mystic, and energy healer for collective liberation. She is the founder of Awaken Your Chakras. She's a Reiki master, yoga instructor, currently holds a BA in Peace and Conflict Studies as well as an MA in Sustainable Development. She is a wealth of information on everything to do with maintaining and optimizing your health naturally with using the chakras and energy medicine. So sit back and enjoy this very insightful and eye-opening episode of Total Wellness Radio, episode 120 with Kelly Barron. Good day, everybody. Thank you so much for making Total Wellness Radio a part of your busy, active day. We are so excited that you took time out of your schedule to tune in and join us. Today, we have a very special guest, Kelly Barron. She is the founder of Awaken Your Chakras. She is a Reiki master as well as yoga instructor, and there's some detailed words in front of those, so they are specific. I'm going to let Kelly explain what they mean, and uh, she is actually on a retreat right now, but took time out of her busy schedule to share with us her modern mystic and energy healing collective liberation attitude. Kelly, did you make it on the line with us okay? Yes. Hi, Dan. It's so good to be here today. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for for being with on the show. I really appreciate it. Hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful to be here and just to share with so many practitioners and with you of the many ways that we can heal ourselves and become more powerful and uh, just great to be a part of it. That's absolutely true. I uh, I know that from my experience, uh, November uh, one of this year. I was blessed to uh, celebrate my 17th year as an active naturopath here in Cheyenne. So I've been around this industry a long time and I've seen a lot of modalities and get asked, as I'm sure you do, Kelly, a lot of questions about, you know, different energy work, the science behind it. Is it valid? Does it work? Is it, mm. is it, you know, is it this new age? I mean, people have a lot of different, unfortunately, uneducated terms for the things that you and I hold dear, uh, that we know are, uh, the efficacy is very high, the science is behind it and it works really well. But before I have you explain that piece of the puzzle to our listeners, I really wanna hear what put Kelly on this path to become a Reiki master and a yoga instructor and what got you involved in, in energy work and natural healing? Mm, well, I think the answer is, is actually more intertwined than you may think. I. I'm a real rational thinker, a logical person. I had a very busy and exciting career um, in corporate responsibility and sustainability. So I was always an activist and very concerned with how we can engineer a better world very practically, whether it's renewable energy or, um, you know, social impact products and services really in the business world. So I came to this work, um, really through the door of quantum physics and science, because you just couldn't convince me of spirituality or religion for a very long time. And it wasn't until I was far enough in my career that I really burned out. I got very sick and I woke up on the floor of my apartment in Manhattan, you know, that was beautifully furnished and all of this, you know, big job and, and great shoes and right. Thought right. I kind of had it all together. Yep an ego trip and a, and a game and, and buying into a version of the world that is, is actually manufactured, isn't, isn't as real as we think it is. Correct. And 
what I have learned really through healing my own body is that the most powerful level we can work on is the level of energy to make change in our lives, whether it's our emotional health, our physical health, our relationships, uh, political, even global relationships. It's all a matter of energy. It's actually the the only thing that's real. (laughs) And and everything else we've established about how to be successful or what shoes to wear or, you know, that's all the man-made stuff. Yes. And so what's, what's so interesting about my journey and I think all of us that eventually open up to energy work is it, it feels like what was untrue now is true. And, you know, your worlds flip around. And so I realized that um, the only way to heal myself that was working was Eastern medicine, was energy medicine, acupuncture um, plant medicine, working with different supplements and doing some radical, um, cleanses really that changed the, uh, the microbiome of my gut and therefore the production of serotonin and therefore my moods, there was a clarity that came Mm -hmm. into my mind. It felt like my body, my body finally got online once I stepped into these modalities. And, um, yeah, I think it's easy for people to look at energy work and say it, it isn't uh, effective because, for a lot of people, your body isn't even ready to receive that level of healing. You're, yeah. you're so closed off or you're so far from, from that reality. I mean, it certainly always is doing work at some level, but the first, it's like, I call spirituality and my whole uh, experience, like a breadcrumb trail. You know, I didn't go from zero to 60 overnight. It was really noticing these subtle and then over time, radical changes in my body and my mind to ultimately realize that working on the energetic level isn't fluffy, isn't far out. It's actually literally the most profound level of creation and of change. Yeah. And you mentioned something that's so true, and I find myself sharing this with people all the time, and that is that modern living with all of its conveniences is extremely conflictive in terms of our health. And that mm-hmm. man, that manufactured world, that, that, that term you used in some of your earlier descriptions, um, it is not. It is not a healthy uh, experience at all. So, yeah, no. I totally, I totally agree. Would you Would you agree then that spirituality is probably a gift from God, whereas religion is man made? Is that kind of what I'm sensing? Oh, yeah. One of my favorite ways I've heard that described is that religion is having someone else's experience, and spirituality is having your own. <laughs> very, true. very true. <laughs> yeah. Very true. So, yeah. when did you embark on this path? I mean, I notice here from your history, you you've done uh you know you've got a bachelor's in peace and conflict studies i mean you're you, you as you mentioned sustainable development for uh on a global basis i mean you know you, you know you're doing what's perceived by the outside world at world is very well um your health destroys you put it back together with you know plant-based mm. energies supplement energies uh the chakras the 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 different energies uh, that you can get into with meditation and prayer and and all these things what put you on the path of sharing this with others? Like, was it right away or was it a journey that you, you healed yourself first and then said, Hey, I've got to share this with others. Yeah, it was a real bewilderment and awe. And I just found myself so amazed that I could change my body and my mind. I mean, I really, I didn't buy this stuff. I thought it was all certainly being an activist and being in the trenches of some of the most difficult man-made manufactured things we do to the earth and one another. I mean, studying peace and conflict, studying terrorism, working in renewable energy, looking at carbon emissions. I found myself in life often looking at the nasty mm. of what we do to the world and to one another. And so when I, I remember way back when, like when I would see spiritual people, I would say, 
they're bypassing, you know, it's all this light and love. They're just escaping their body. They're, they're dissociating from real, where the real work is. And I had a, a, an extremely opposite opinion yes. <laughs> of the, of the way that I live my life now. And I think I was so amazed with the level of change that happened in my mind mm -hmm. and my body that I naturally found myself sharing it with friends. Yeah. And then they asked for more help and I was giving out resources and my teacher, you know, offered, you know, I could, I could train you to go deeper in this. And so it really was just a, a curiosity and a thirst for wanting to understand the energetics and the science of what was changing my body. And, and then just having a lot of friends that were amazed with what happened to me and how quickly and, and that's when it, it really was organic. And I found myself bringing people together in small groups in my apartment, you know, and having these conversations and one thing led to another and started leading retreats and then online courses and now private coaching. And it's just really evolved into serving people around the world. And I'm, I'm just, I'm still in that state of bewilderment and awe yeah. and kind of chasing my own tail sometimes and amazed that this has even really happened. You know, I suspect because you and I are both very, very much in tune with the importance and the, the, the efficacy of energy, whether it be, you know, mind, body, spirit, thoughts, are, thoughts are things, right? Those are, that's energy too. So people can have, you know, mm -hmm. stinking thinking as we've referred to in the past. And that can be the block that you referred to earlier. I think for me, and just knowing a little bit of your history though, Kelly, I think that the, this kind of started your journey back as a, just a child, right around the age of four. <laughs> Didn't you have some major like things take place that I think shifted your energy to being receptive to this kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I, my first memory um, actually was a, a near death experience oh. at the age of four, wow. which took me, yeah, a long time to integrate because I, I kind of left my body at one point and was seeing myself and people in this situation um, and it, like I said, it was my first memory of life was, was actually a feeling of death wow. and, um, spun me out. And as a young person really had trouble being here and was confused about what the whole point was. If I knew what the exit point was and well, why would we do this anyway sure. and be here if we're not going to always be here. And I didn't have the language and I didn't have the support. And so instead I ended up just being an anxious and depressive kid that asked questions that were too big, you know, that when kids are in that phase of asking why, yes. you know, over and over, I did that obsessively to a point where by the time I was 12, I um, had, I had a shingles outbreak, which I believe was a frustrated Kundalini activation yep. um, that ran up my spine. And, and I actually had to learn to walk again from the legs down. It was, it was a really tough summer. Um, but I think what, what I did then is I said, okay, I don't know why we're here, mm. but let me dedicate my life and my work to making it easier in the journey. Yeah. And that's why I focused on peace and conflict. And that's why I focused on, you know, being an activist, I think was my early frustrated way of being spiritual because I, I didn't, I didn't know that, that all of this was real yeah. and accessible. So I thought, let me do my best to just make it easier for us to be here. And so, yeah, it's interesting you asked that question because you're right. I think this is something I've been wrestling with for a very, very long time. Well, I can imagine that. I'm, well, I, I say I can imagine. I really I can't imagine. But I, I would my mind suggests that you as a child of four years of age, having that near death experience being one of your first memories diagnosed with what what most people in society consider an elderly person's type illness, shingles. Yes. OK. At the age of 12. 
what was your family going through with all this with you? I mean, I'm, I'm just curious as what, what, what was mom and dad saying or feeling and what was their energy about all this? They were shocked. I mean, I think they, I, I kept so much of this internally and what the doctor said when, when I got diagnosed, they, they said, you know, this typically happens, like you said, to people who are aging or really on the, on the threshold of death. Um, has she been under a high stress environment? And I remember the moment my parents like, Oh no, I have great family life, really beautiful yeah. support system. Yeah. And I looked over and I said, yes. And the truth was for about, you know, eight years there, I was lying in bed every single night, pondering death, asking the big questions. Oh I mean, I just couldn't. Yeah. Not so much that I wanted to die or I wanted to leave, but pondering the mortality of my friends and family and, I remember I was watching the news and just, I was very aware of, wow, there's burnings and fires and shootings. Mm. And when you're a kid, you don't have a sense of scale, yeah. right? But you watch the news every night and that's what's happening. Yep. And so I remember my inner world was very perplexed with what's, what's the game? Wow. What are we doing here? And so, yeah, my parents were really shocked. And to this day, you know, my parents, they call me the thinker, you know, Kelly will always take it there. It's never a simple answer for her. Yeah. And I've found ways throughout my life to cope with that. And, and ultimately it's my spiritual connection. I think this is what I was yearning for the whole time. And, I, and not that we, we have it all figured out, but truly deeply, and I'm sure you share this, when you learn enough about energy, it ties the worlds together. Yes. It makes the material, the spiritual, the spiritual is the material. Yeah. And it really it closed a big loop for me that I was able to now be in the world and see it for what it is and, and, and be in a healthier place for it. Yep. You know, one of the things yeah. we talk about when we when we do evaluations is we talk about that energy that, you know, when we do a biofeedback or a kinesiological exam of some form, uh, we show pictures. Carillion photography has captured these these fields that surround all things, whether mm -hmm. they're organic or inorganic. That energy is there by design. Our nervous systems can identify them as good or bad and give us a biofeedback in the moment when less than two seconds uh, of what we're experiencing or what the how the nervous system is being prompted to respond to that energy. So whether it's through kinesiology or whether or not you eat a Snicker bar or a carrot, there is a energetic feedback, you know, <laughs> good or bad that, that takes, uh, that takes place and can be, and, and, and that is that connectivity that you're talking about. It, it exists. It's there. Science has proven it. Um, it still doesn't know much to do with it, but it knows that it's there and it knows that we can in some ways, uh, positively or negatively, uh, we can manipulate that energy. That's right. Your surgery, mm -hmm. you have, you, you have um, your story about how you got on this path is tragic. <laughs> when did the surgery kick in? Um, that was also, that was a few years after the, um, the shingles where I had ovarian cysts. So right around the age of puberty of, especially for women, I mean, it's such a oh strange gosh. age, right? Your body's changing and your energy's flowing in different ways. And all of a sudden, you know, all of those exciting or, you know, yeah, those exciting moments of, of growing up mm. became very scary yep. because all of, I, I was afraid of my body. I mean, that's really the story wow. from the age of four until you know, my teens, my, my, I had a whole decade there where I was afraid to be in my own body. It, it didn't make sense to me. I didn't trust it. And yep. I had these ovarian cyst surgeries coming out of nowhere. Yep. And, um, and ultimately it was a lot of, it was my thoughts. Like you said, thoughts are things literally consuming my own body. And I was eating my own energy because I was 
anticipating mortality or curious about the end game mm. that I wasn't really living and, and cultivating healthy energy in the present. And so what I did was then buried all of that pain of being in my body and I threw it into my professional career and I did great. I mean, I studied really hard. I, I, I worked really hard and I built a career and I reached goals I didn't expect I would, but it, it, it was funny because I had reached this point, like I say in Manhattan, where I was kind of at the pinnacle of what I had been working toward. Mm -hmm. And then all those questions emerged again. Yep. It was like, I found another decade of distraction to then only come back to the questions I didn't answer. And that's what, that's what spirit is. It's, it's the same questions. Yep. Um, and we just ask them and explore them in different ways throughout our lives. And, and that's when I said, okay, I've got to get to the bottom of this. I can't keep running and just investing all of my energy into things outside of me, my work or school. I have to look at what's happening in my own body. Yep. Do you think, yeah. do you think part of what keeps people ill is that they're afraid to ask those questions that take it deeper and they just, they feel safe on the superficial? Yes. People are afraid yeah. to know their own feelings yep. and to know their own, their own traumas and their own darkness yep. and yin yang, you know, the polarities. Yep. When I see someone who exudes so much light, I mean, truly like guru level enters the room, yep. you know, you can feel it. I, you know, the only way they can do that is because they have faced the same equivalent level of darkness within themselves. Right. I mean, that's the only way that's right. It's, it's, it's a mirror reflection and it's been powerful for me because I think I was always actually comfortable in the dark. It's why I asked a lot of the questions. It's a very, you know, shamanic way of being is, is observing and experimenting in the dark. Right. Um, and from that, by the time I chose the healing path, it, it did really happen quickly for me. Because it, it can happen quickly for anyone if you choose yes. it, but you ha it's how, how deep are you willing to go, yes. right? And, and I think I was just so ready for those activations, and I had already excavated so much darkness in my body that I felt more comfortable in the dark than maybe some people do. But that's, that's the game. I mean, we, we can keep stuffing it down and not looking at it, um, or we can get real with ourselves. Yep. And when we do that, you realize the dark actually isn't so scary after all, because it's shared. You're not any more dark or, or scary than anyone else yep. is. So and, it's, it's doable. And as a direct result of facing that darkness or one's own demons per se, you are now that light in the world for other people who need to get that, who, who need to cross that same bridge. Hmm. You know? Yeah. That's, that's I, yeah. The work you're doing in my mind, I mean, just understanding that my gut tells me is that that's the only way you can't transmit that which you do not possess, meaning that you, yes. you know, I, for me, most people don't realize this about me. I, you know, I'm a recovered alcoholic. I've been for over 21 years. Hmm. That is that is a very dark, very, very dangerous, very. Um, and that is a, that's an energy all of its own. Right. And yes. And so now coming through that and seeing what it did to family, friends, uh, wives, children, employers, you know, coworkers, I mean, a society at large and the havoc that was wreaked on them by me. And then now turning all that around successfully and becoming a, you know, just nothing but walking day by day and 100% perpetual gratitude because I know I'm living on borrowed time. Mm. I know I'm living mm. on borrowed time. <laughs> you know, so right. it's easy for me to stay grateful in the in the face of adversity because all I, I have a frame of reference now. I faced some other darknesses about me that have been overcome successfully long term, which gives that credibility to say, well, that that stress right there, that darkness right there, is nothing 
like what I walked away from on December 1st of 1997. Mm, That's it. See what I'm saying? So Mm. that, and it's that same energy. It's that same, the things that we have to tap into as people to not only co- overcome that, but then also be able to transmit that success with other people. That's right. Where's your Where's yes. your retreat at this 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 today? You're at a retreat right now, right? Yes, yes. Um, I'm at, it's a place called the Retreat Costa Rica. Uh, it's a place where I host a lot of my 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 work. You know, Costa Rica is um, a very popular place because we did an interview with Aaron and Dusty uh, Stan uh, Stanzik in Lincoln, Nebraska, and they're hosting a retreat. And guess where? Costa Rica. In uh, March, mm, okay, it's a popular yeah. Retreat location, I'll tell you. It is. It's it's so biodiverse. Um, it I think it might be one of the most biodiverse countries in the world. It, it literally has animal and plant life that you can't find anywhere else. It's dense with, you know, jungle wisdom and all of the elements. And the place I'm in right now is in the mountains, and I can see the ocean from here. And it's just, as a country, they've really prioritized health and well-being. I mean, they they disbanded their army in the 1960s and put all the money towards education. They're going to be one of the first countries to go entirely renewable. So there's a consciousness here at the most basic level of society that is much more advanced yep. than what I see in the U S because it's real. It's <laughs> yes. not fabricated. They see like it. you said earlier, it's not a made up world. That's right. Yeah. And they can see the effects of climate change. They notice when the, the birds change behavior. I mean, it's, it's so much more visceral. It's right in front of them. And I do work in the Caribbean as well. And, and, and all of these more vulnerable communities around climate change are also the ones that are more spiritual because yep. they see it's, it's connected. Yeah, yep. makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. So what do you find the most exciting piece about your current career? What's most exciting to Kelly? Well, I think, you know, of course, I love the healing work as a Reiki practitioner. I do one-on-one sessions. I do private retreats. I just had someone come down from New York City for four days to kind of detox herself from the concrete jungle. Uh I do group retreats and and online courses, really teaching energetics and the chakra system in a way that's accessible. I think what I'm most excited about, the edge of my work right now, is merging my life as an activist Mm -hmm. and my life as a healer and then saying, what do we do with both of those energies? Wow. Because in a way, ac- activists are healers themselves. Yep. They're on the front lines, you know, especially now in the U.S. We're, we're up against so many issues of social justice that we thought we had figured out. And it's all coming back into question again. Yes. LGBTQ rights, feminism, you know, racial justice, environmental change. So what I'm, what I'm embracing and, and studying, I think I'm, I'm, I'm actually finding my body of work, I believe, and I'm calling it energetic justice. Mm. And it's about activating healers. So anyone that's in the healing world, making sure that they are not spiritually bypassing, only talking about love and light, right? Which is beautiful, sure. but to be a really great healer, yep. you have to be able to speak to issues yep. of, of darkness yep. And, and of the, the, the collective darkness, because I could heal people all day. It's like the fish in the lake, right? I could spend all day healing fish that are, fl- that are coming up belly up on the, on the shore. But every day I come back to the lake, there's more fish. So if I'm as a healer not approaching that the lake is toxic, then I'm, what am I really doing to heal the fish, right? So part of my work is actually training healers in issues of activism and justice, which they're not trained in most of the time. They didn't have that activist background. And so I host, you know, 
conversations and webinars for healers around cultural appropriation and spiritual bypassing and how to do your work in integrity. What's your own ancestral lineage? All of us are indigenous to planet earth, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. What are the, what are the practices that we can embody? And if we're not embodying practices from our own ancestral lineage, how do we do that with respect? And so there's so many aspects of healers work that needs to be quote, what I say activated to really meet the needs of that toxic lake and not just healing the fish. And then on the other side of that is healing activists. Yes. So I look back yes. at myself when, and, and so many of us, again, I think we're all becoming activists as the stakes rise in some key areas of the human family. We get very distracted by being in the trenches. We, there's no self-care. Yep. I mean, I remember in the activist movement, it was, if I care about myself, I'm not caring enough about my cause. Yeah. And we all fall into that. Even in the corporate world, yep. you know, your cause is your job. And so a lot of what my work is too is healing people out of that temptation to say you deserve to be feeling complete and whole in your body. And so anyway, that dynamic of healing activists and activating healers to me brings together the individual healing that needs to be done as well as that collective view. And that to me is energetic justice. And so that's what I'm most excited about in my work is exploring how to do that. I couldn't agree with you more. We have a we hold a, a practitioner's retreat once a, a quarter here at the clinic, a couple of days. Practitioners have been my past, gone through my mentorship program that run clinics in other areas of the country. We come together and we work on each other. And what I find is practitioners can be, unfortunately, some of the most unhealthy people to work on. <laughs> and yeah. So what you're saying is exactly, it's 100% spot on and true and it's desperately needed and that uh, we will be staying in close touch together so I can get some work done on me in the future, I'm sure. Mm, what's the most challenging that. what's the most challenging thing that you face, Kelly, about your about your career? What's the most challenging right now? Hmm, that's a great question. It sounds for sure it's going the direction you want it to go. I mean, in yeah. terms in terms of global impact, I mean that's what I that, that, there's no better word to describe the the dynamic of what you're embarking on that journey. And using these approaches to healing, uh, there's no there's no question. There's a there's a global impact on it. Just I guess the question is, what challenges are standing in your way of getting there faster, or does it need to happen faster? Yeah, I think that would be one challenge that I'm always looking at is my level of patience yeah. with my own work, <laughs> right? And you know, seeing the the way through for people or or for us as a human family and being you know, frustrated, but also knowing everyone's on their own journey. It's happening at the pace it needs to. And yeah. we have to let people genuinely choose it. So patience is one thing. And then the other, I think this is true for all practitioners, is always making sure I'm filling my cup and that I'm not taking on too much. You know, my work is literally to be empathetic. Yes. And, and that can mean, you know, as you were alluding to, holding on to a lot of negative energy. Yep. When I get on a call with a client or a client comes in, I never know what kind of darkness I'm going to deal with. And sometimes these are the most horrific things that human beings can do to one another, what parents can do to children, what friends can do to friends, what yep. partners can do to partners. And, you know, the layers of that and being able to, to bear witness without it disrupting my energy field, constantly being a clear channel yep. is, is deep work. And, and the further I walk down that path, I mean, oftentimes I stay in a lot. I don't, you know, being now a, a person of, of high sense perception, mm -hmm. there's a lot more self-care that the average person doesn't understand that's right. that I can't handle certain volume of music or I can't be in crowds at a certain 
for a certain length of time. And it's hard to find allies that understand the sensitivity and my commitment to my work. Totally get it. Totally get it. I I totally sense it. I totally feel it. I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, I I knew within 13 seconds of the conversation we're kindred spirits. I just knew it. And that was before we started the, the actual recording. So, I mean, I just, you know. That's just the way, that's mm. the way it is for us, right? I mean, that's just yes. the way it is. Who do you give, yes. uh, who do you credit with for influencing you the most on your, on your journey? Who, who would you like to give credit to for that? Uh, well, the, the, the Reiki practitioner, the Reiki master that first worked on me in New York City when I was in the thick of my manufactured lifestyle. Um, her name's Carrie Bazuski, Energy Work NYC. Uh, huge gratitude to her for um, opening the door really to a whole new world for me. And, um, and then I, I, I'm often just in the stacks. I mean, so, so many books that I read and authors that I respect and grabbing what I can from different modalities. And another practitioner I really respect, um, their name is Tada Hazumi, a Japanese American body worker that talks a lot about how social issues like for example, white supremacy or climate change or feminism actually, um, or I should say gender inequality, actually affect the energy body. So there are a few practitioners out there right now who are exploring the intersections of social justice and spirituality and literally how it impacts the movement of energy. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it makes that stuff more real um, for people to work on, yes. to, to, to care about these big issues because they're affecting, their, you know, one example of... Um, white supremacy, it actually forces us as white people into our upper chakras. Yep. We have a tough time being embodied because we're so yep. embarrassed and ashamed of our ancestral lineage that it's difficult for us to, to be on the ground and therefore to be in alignment and in true solidarity with people of color. And so just looking at the energetics of that, I think switches on a, you know, flips on a switch for a lot of people to say, wow, this, these toxic energies like you said, all things are energy, yep. including belief systems. Yep. They are entities that yes, affect our bodies. So I'm, I'm fascinated with, with those conversations and teachers right now yep. of, of trying to blend those worlds. Share with me some exciting client wins. Share with me some exciting wins that you've seen. Like what's, what's like from just the last, uh, maybe even this retreat you're on now, just some exciting breakthroughs that you've witnessed for people. Oh, yeah, we did an amazing heart chakra Yin practice, I had people in a uh, soup to bada canasana, so leaned back on a bunch of pillows and really opening up the heart space. And I was talking about how so often we're hunched over our phones, our computers, and our body shape sends a message to our energy and our heart space to be closed off, mm. to be, you know, distrustful. And, and I had this woman who, who basically came up to me after that meditation. Apparently, she had really connected with her childlike self. Um, her infant self that had felt abandoned because her younger sister was born just a few months after she was. Um, and she felt like she had to be the big kid, even though she was still very much an infant. Uh, and that she connected with it. It came out of nowhere. And it was this knowingness of this older version of herself and a wound that needed to be healed. And she had this whole visualization really of, of holding her infant like self and being a mother mm. to herself in places her own mother couldn't. And all this to say, you know, we walked away from meditation and she walked up to me and she goes, Kelly, I have spent thousands of dollars. I have seen dozens of practitioners. I've been on multiple retreats. I've been waiting 58 years of my life to feel what I felt this morning. Wow. And I was just beside myself. So it cool. never... Yeah, it's, <laughs> and it's, 
it's getting people to be their own guru, to be their own healer. I hide no tricks up my sleeve. Right. That's not the kind of healer I am. I put it all out there because we are all truly magical. The whole thing is quite mystical, yes. the whole thing. And, and that's, that's the bottom line I've learned is beyond politics, beyond our difference, beyond cultures, the most basic fact we all agree on of being on a rock spinning around an infinite dark matter is the most mystical truth there is. Yeah. So why would the rest of this not be pretty freaking mystical? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, there's the, we're all connected. And if you, and, and if you, if we, if, if, if a person feels like it's a stretch to say, Oh, we're connected by energy. Well, then we're connected by those ideas. And those ideas, like you said earlier, have energy. Everybody wants to be appreciated. Everyone wants to, everyone wants to feel value. Everyone wants to feel love. Everyone wants to feel welcome or accommodating. I mean, everyone wants to know what compassion and, and love and truth feels like and feelings have yeah. those energy. I mean, it's all, so it doesn't matter. I mean, whatever words a person wants to use to try and describe or justify this stuff, the bottom line is it's all based in the energetic realm, period. That's right. You can't get away yes. from it. Nope. It's like gravity. <laughs> if I go outside and jump off the roof of my clinic, you know what? I'm going to fall. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't matter how I feel about that. It doesn't matter, you know, what I try to do to justify or rationalize gravity as good or bad. It's the bottom line is it's the facts are the facts. Yes. The facts are the facts. If you could, if you could share one piece of, of enlightenment, uh, advice, experience, however you want to word it, energy, with our listeners that you know will be impactful, maybe give them some insight or help them with their current journey, what would that be? I, I guess I'll just share my two favorite quotes that always center me back to what we're doing here. Because that's been my eternal question since I was a four-year-old is, well, what's the whole point of the journey if we're going back there? Mm. <laughs> right? Why, why are we here then? Um, and that's two. Number one is a quote by um, the Buddhist monk, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, who said, we are here to awaken from the illusion of our separateness. Mm. And that quote is what inspired the name of my work, Awaken Your Chakras. We're here to awaken from the illusion of our separateness. And then as we go through life and we meet people that are for our benefit or for our apparent detriment, we feel that they're a challenge to us, especially family members. Those people that you can't just easily cut ties with, yes. right? Or you know, that really challenge you um, or those super challenging moments in life. I, I, I look to Ram Das, another great writer in, um, in this movement. And he says, we're all just walking each other home. Mm -hmm. And that really helps me remember that all of our relationships are mirrors. Everything in life is happening for us, not to us. Yes. And, and we are here to just upgrade our energy in the midst of all of it. And that is, that's the journey. Yes. That's what we're here to do is to become more ourselves. Absolutely. Exactly who we are. So I believe by the eternal design of the human being, we're like a heat seeking missile and we're facing truth. Yeah. And we're on, and we're on that course towards the truth. And like you say that, or that walking that journey and we're all walking each other home. That's so you know, for me, it just profound. It rings true. Now, I don't know what all of our listeners, some of our listeners might <laughs> might think about that. <laughs> but my, I, here's what I want people to listen to as they listen to our interview, Kelly, is that 
are you are you open to the possibilities right are you you know does this right let's put it in words that you understand but you got to remember words are still energy right so right. whether you use the word idea or you use the word principle you know to 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 say it, to describe something the word idea or the word principle has its own specific energy and and is trying to mm-hmm. get that when we try to get a message across to somebody we're trying to get energy across to somebody that's what it boils right. down to Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not weird and it's not uh, you know it's not woo woo <laughs> no not I gotta, at all I gotta, I gotta share one quick story with you I got a gentleman that sees me from, he retired from the VA hospital so he's more modern inclined in his thinking and he came here to prove me wrong and uh, we just looked at the chart uh, two weeks ago he was on one of his uh, follow up visits and he's been here 12 years trying to prove me wrong <laughs> oh my goodness yeah well there it is yeah, there it is <laughs> so, kelly what's the best way for people to get in touch with you because i know there's going to be those out there that do desire to uh continue on with with what you have to offer oh sure well um my website is awaken-your-chakras.com so there's little dashes in between awakenyourchakras.com you can follow me on instagram that's where most of the action happens i think that's, that's how just, we met. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So that's just awaken your chakras. Uh-huh. Uh, no dashes in that. And then you can email me at Kelly, K E L L Y at awaken dash your dash chakras.com. And you also have uh, a, con- a, con- a connection to Facebook as well. So yes, mm-hmm. people can, you can just, just look up awaken your chakras. Yep. People can uh, look around, find out which social media platform they feel most comfortable with and you're not hard to find. So yep, that's right. Kelly, thank you so much for doing this with me. And I pray that we get a chance to do it again in the future. Yes, Dan, you know where to find me. And thank you for creating this space. And I'm, I'm just grateful to share this message. So everybody, thank you again for tuning into Total Wellness Radio. For uh, Kelly Behrens, this is Dan Young. And we will catch up with you next time. Take care. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Total Wellness Radio. We appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to tune in to all of our interviews and the life-changing natural approaches you can take with your health. For those of you who haven't had a chance yet, please do subscribe. And when you get a chance, also leave a review on this podcast or other episodes that you've enjoyed from Total Wellness Radio.